welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I am Chad Simpson. I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Good. How's it going, Jim? It's going good. What's up, Chad? Hey, doing well, doing well. Um, hey, just throwing it to you. Curious. You're a few years ahead of me in, in parenting and, and leadership. Uh, what, what was it like for you around the dinner table as you're trying to leave your family spiritually? Oh, man, dinner tables are special time, uh, messy times. But uh, man, family dinners always been important to me growing up with my parents, with my brothers, and now with my wife. We have four kids, like you said, a little bit uh, later down there in life. So got a 19-year-old, 16-year-old, 14-year-old, and 9-year-old. But I can remember my wife and I trying to do some family devotions at the table and kind of share our feelings and, okay, tell us about a characteristic you like about your brother or sister. And man, my daughter would be like, we have to do this now. My son, this is dumb. Can we go? I got to go to practice. And so it's not right. It's not wrong. It gets messy. But I think the uh, point and what Trent's trying to do is he leads his family and us as fathers is to be faithful, be consistent, to try to instill those devotions, family time, and it will be messy. Trust me, Chad. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, same in our house, man. If we ever ask a question, our, our eight-year-old boy, he'll he'll have every, every answer, and, the, and yeah. the two younger ones are just tuned out. But um, yeah, the reason that we were just talking about that is is uh, I know that's central to Trent Meacham's heart is to be a, a amazing family man and a man of God and raising up his four boys. But um, we're just super excited to share uh, Trent's story. Um, so many things uh, I looked up to him and uh, as an athlete and, and as a man, and now as, as he's in his broadcasting career with the Big Ten Network. But um, Jim, do you have anything that, that you'd want to highlight? Well, great interview with Trent. He is a basketball stud. Uh, enjoyed hearing his story as he played uh, at Dayton and then transferred over to Illinois and now in his career as broadcasting. You can tell it's his gift uh, as he articulates and thinks through his responses, just did a great job. But um, I love how he shared his answer about having joy and showing joy in what you do. And uh, just to piggyback off of that, he, he shares as a broadcaster, as a coach, as a leader, the importance of being prepared, um, doing your homework. And I thought that was crucial. So uh, tune into that. 100% that that's so good and he, he gets into uh, how an injury played a role in his um, faith development um, and some international missions trips as well um, before he even spent years on the professional basketball circuit overseas so uh, this is a really fun episode we know you guys are going to enjoy it and we're ready to get into this one right now Trent Meacham it's uh it's such a blessing and, and honor to get you on the podcast. I first heard your name. I was probably a freshman or sophomore in high school at an FCA event and uh, some cheerleaders. I, I was in Danville. You were in Champaign about 45 minutes apart. Some cheerleaders came and I don't know if it's true or not, but they said that you had Philippians 413 on your shoes. And this is like an inspiration to our entire group in Danville High School. So um, from there, got to follow your career and, and big fan. But um, just want to throw it to you. I know you have a unique perspective on sports and, and where you've uh, gone. But just what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Well, Chad, uh, thanks for having me on. And, and cool story. You know, you never know the impact you're having or something even subtle or slight. Uh, the message that can proclaimed others. So thanks for sharing that. I uh, did not know that 
Um, what it means to be a Christian coach. Uh, first, I like that you put Christian first. I think, you know, it's it's not about being a, a coach that happens to be a Christian or a, an athlete or a whatever, but we're, we're Christians first and foremost. And I, I think being a follower of Jesus, it's it's a worldview. And, and, and hopefully that um, impacts everything that I do, how I interact in this world, how I treat people, how I lead myself, how I represent Jesus, how I build up others, how I realize there's always, uh, there's something a lot more than winning or losing a game, whatever it may be, there's something more uh, because I'm first and foremost a Christian. And so I think, you know, I hope, and this isn't always the case, but I, I would hope and I strive that that just directs the way that I um, see in this world, the way that I see myself, the way that I see others, and whether it's I'm, I'm coaching, um, uh, you know, my, my kid's team or running a basketball camp or whatever, in, in any way that I interact with others, that um, who I am as a Christian, I hope that leads the way. That's really good. That's really good. I didn't prep you for this question, but just curious on whether oh. it's youth coaching, whether it's youth coaching or um, you just had a, a chance to be a high school coach or a college coach. Um, as far as living out your faith, what would maybe be the first thing that you would want to kind of um, show up with and say, hey, this is this is what I'm all about. Um, even if you're not maybe you're at a public school, not able to, to proclaim the name of Jesus. But what, what would you want that to be? Uh, how, how would you want that to be seen? That's a great question. And hopefully the the fruit of the spirit there there's a many different attributes of that my my first reaction though is is joy you know mm. especially we're we're talking about coaching sports and whether that's at at the youth level or at the college or professional level no matter what the stakes are hopefully we can approach anything with some joy and as christians um look the victory's already won and we should be able to to show up um, and whatever we're doing with some joy. And there should be something that's attractive to how we, how we live, how we lead. And, uh, and hopefully that's something that as, as Christian coaches that we can bring, no matter the situation, we can bring some joy uh, to what we're, what, what we're doing. I love that. I love that. Great, great reply. And um, just want to go back to the onset, back to the beginning. Can you just tell us a little bit about your your upbringing with family, your faith, and basketball or other sports? Yeah, so I grew up not too far away from Chad in Champaign, Illinois, Central Illinois. And uh, from my youngest memories, you know, I think of my my family. Both my parents were, uh, I guess, athletes back in their day. I have a, a sister that's two years older and a younger sister that's nine years younger. So it was mostly my, my older sister and I growing up. And really, I think of family, throwing friends in there. But then the other two things that are the most vivid memories for my childhood would be sports and church. Mm -hmm. Now, I love sports. I didn't necessarily like church mm -hmm. growing up. But, but those two things seem to just, that's what we did on a weekly basis. Multiple times a week, we were, we were doing sports. We were at church basketball practice just happened to be for, for years and years on the third story gym. That was about uh, a half a court in length, but there's two hoops on there um, at the church in downtown Champaign. So uh, that's how I grew up very, you know, involved in, in church. Now, like I said, wasn't really engaged with it in terms of, I, I enjoyed it, but, but was there and showing up. And I think I, I, I had a good understanding of who God was, who God is. And, and, and a belief in God from a young age because of just that upbringing. And in sports, really, I did it, I did it all. I, 
besides football, never played football because I was a big soccer kid growing up, soccer, baseball, basketball. I was on a swim team for a couple of years. You know, I think I did tennis a little bit, you know, then uh, football, maybe in the backyard at the park, street hockey. I did it all. Uh, basketball and soccer were the two sports that I uh, thrived at a bit more and enjoyed the most. And, and basketball kind of emerged as that sport that I didn't just love to play, but I really loved the, the practice. And so I kind of uh, ran with that one because I just enjoyed working at it uh, more so than the other sports. Gotcha. When did you kind of zone in on basketball? Like, all right, I'm, I'm not going to do some of these other sports, but like basketball is my pursuit and my dream. Yeah. in in grade school, you know, I did it all. I, I think once I was in middle school, I was more just a basketball and soccer gotcha. kid doing both of those. And then by the time I got to high school, it was, it was just basketball. Um, probably still played some, you know, tackle football in the park here and there, but, but I became more of a one sport basketball guy once I got to high school. Nice. Yeah. And so at that time, I remember just uh, checking the News Gazette, um, reading the highlights <laughs> under Co Coach Lavin, I believe at Centennial, and you're, you're crushing it, um, earning a scholarship to, to Dayton, I believe. Can, can you just tell us what, what did you learn? Uh, why, why did you go to Dayton? And then what did you learn in that year? I saw you, you're lighting up 46% from threes. Um, so you had a great freshman year. But just tell us about that transition there and then um, and then out from there. Well, I'll back up a little bit. When I was in high school, I actually got hurt my sophomore year. Okay. And I want to just share this because for me, that was my first time in my life that I couldn't play basketball. Here's mm. this thing that I love, that I was passionate about, that really was my identity. And that was a real crucial point in, in my walk as a Christian, as a believer and growing up in the church. And, and that was a turning point where um, now I realize I can't base my life, my worth, uh, my enjoyment on something as fickle as, a, as this basketball that can, you know, easily be taken away. And so that was a real blessing in disguise. I missed my whole season, was out for about 12 months. And where I, took, where I really grew in, in my faith and accepted Jesus as my savior. Um, now, then, and then growing from that, I, I wish I could say I never looked back in anything, but um, was able to have some success and go on and play in college. And I would say when I got to Dayton, um, really what was you know, critical at that, at that point, I realized that as a young person, you know, 18 years old, all of a sudden, uh, now I'm on my own. And there's, you know, there's many things that there's a lot of nuance to, and there's different paths to, to, to be able to have some success and do this and do that. And, and so everything isn't so clear, but I also realized, Hey, there's some of these decisions that I'm faced with. It's very clear. What, um, what should I be doing versus what should I not be doing? And, um, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I'm not always making the right choice, but um, I realized that I needed to surround myself with some good people. I needed to, you know, um, really lean on my faith. And this was an opportunity for me to make decisions on my own. And, and that was, there's some real challenges there as a young person mm. and you're exposed to different things, you're offered different things. Um, but I also realized, Hey, um, this is really important to walk the walk, not just talk it. And um, uh, it was a real growth year for me uh, mm. being a, being a young person, you know, going away for school and, and playing college basketball. Gotcha. Yeah. That's such a hard, hard season of life to just get thrown, thrown out there. Um, what was it like then, you know, so the next year you, you came back to Champaign uh, to be, be at the university of Illinois. Tell us about that process. How did that go down? 
It's, it's interesting, um, you know, transferring. Uh, I really wasn't thinking about it much. And sometimes looking back, I'm surprised I did it because I had a good thing at Dayton, um, mm-hmm. really strong basketball school. Uh, we had a great group of freshmen. Um, I, I played a, a good amount as a freshman, but there was just something in me that felt like Illinois was a, this, this dream that I wanted to do. And after having a taste of college basketball, this belief that, Hey, I think I can play at this level. And I want to take that, take that risk. Yeah. Um, when I transferred back to Illinois, I didn't have a scholarship right away. And I was a walk on and I had to earn that. I had to redshirt a year. Um, so there were some challenges in there, but it, I had a little bit more patience out of high school. I wanted to play right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not that Dayton was a bad choice at all. It was, again, it's been a great school. They probably had a better basketball program than Illinois in the past decade, but um, was fortunate to, to really live out a dream uh, playing for the Illini. This is, you know, I grew up in this community, root for this team. And so that was just very special for myself, for my family. And uh, then after a year of getting acclimated to, uh, to school there, to the Big Ten, um, ready to actually step on the court and compete that following year. So uh, really a, a special thing for myself to be able to live out a, a dream of mine uh, that yeah. I had as a young kid. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And, you know, this is uh, the Christian Coach Podcast, but just as uh, as the middle Illinois um, basketball fan, you know, just thinking through the timeline as I look at some of those names and, and the rosters from back in the day, and I was in in attendance for, for a few of the games where you were, you're lighting it up. Um, but just, uh, thinking through, you know, Darren Williams, D Brown, um, you know, they had an amazing run there, but what was it like for you as an athlete stepping in behind, you know, NBA, uh, stud like Darren Williams? Well, Darren, yeah, Darren was an all-star Olympian, but D Brown was a bigger name kind of in Champaign and in college basketball many ways. So, Coming in behind them, first of all, I wasn't like the heir apparent. That was not me. You know, like I said, I came back in as a walk-on, and maybe there's a little bit of a feel-good story being a hometown kid coming back back to Champaign. I was just focused on getting on the court. How can yeah. I get on the court? What do I need to do to improve and just show coach that, hey, I can bring value to the team? So that was really where my mindset was at. Um, for sure, it's it was tough, you know, following – such a really kind of a historic team that didn't win a title, but really took the college basketball landscape by storm that year. Uh, for sure, challenges there because we couldn't quite live up to what they did, but um, some ups and downs and, and really a, a fantastic experience for myself and uh, had a very challenging junior season where we were a lot of injuries, some unfortunate things off the court with some teammates. We were booed and <laughs> um, a tough year. But, you know, we, we stuck together in my, my senior year. We finished second in our conference, uh, got back to the NCAA tournament and uh, just a just a special experience for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Just uh, I know you mentioned the injury as a sophomore in high school and then there at the University of Illinois. Um, just curious who. Who, uh, other than your parents, um, who was kind of investing in you uh, as far as your character, your faith um, development, but who was there in your corner supporting you through those things? You know, our community is so important um, and was fortunate, like I mentioned, growing up in the church. And as I, you know, grew and, and got into college um, at Dayton, uh, some members of the Athletes in Action staff were uh, very integral in, in my uh, discipleship as a young person, as a, as a young Christian uh, at Illinois, 
Uh, that was a fellowship of Christian athletes and, and a couple of guys on staff there that became mentors that I became very close to. And, and, you know, I've also learned that playing all over the world and having teammates from different countries and, and you name it, different cultures, um, you typically can, can find some other believers no matter where you're at. Cool. And it's really important to, um, to find that community and to encourage and to, to, to strengthen one another. And so I, I found that wherever I've gone, um, sometimes they might seem more abundant than other places, but yeah. I think having others that we can, uh, we can do life with that we can share some of those experiences with. Um, cause I'm, I'm not someone who's used to growing up in a Christian bubble. I've been in, you know, different locker rooms and different cult, uh, cultures where, um, God, you know, being a believer is not the norm. So, uh, but that being said, seeking out um, a church when we were abroad, seeking out other believers and, and, and finding community has been been really important. That's awesome. That's awesome. And what um, just as far as the journey goes, you finish up at the University of Illinois and you're thinking through that next step. Was it an easy choice for you to go play play ball overseas or were you thinking there might be a tug to just uh, to get a, a normal job or whatever here in the States? So I mentioned my dream as a young kid was to play college basketball mm -hmm. at Illinois being the dream and was able to, to, to live that out. I never dreamed of playing as a pro and probably because some of that was uh, not believing in myself that I could play. It also was a bit different. I don't think the overseas basketball was because of social media, because of how, how interconnected our world is now because of the influence of international basketball and the NBA um, it was different even 15 years ago. Uh, things have changed a lot. So I, but I did know that I could play at some level. And I really, I knew that I went on two tours with athletes in action, uh, met my wife through a teammate on one of those tours, another no side note there. Uh, but doing that, playing, having that experience, playing against some professional teams there, I knew, okay, I can play at some level. I don't yeah. know if I'm going to get paid anything, but I can play somewhere. Um, let's kind of give this a shot. And after school, I was get, I got married that summer. Uh, my wife was a college basketball player as well at St. Louis University. And we got married and two weeks later, we were overseas in Austria. And, uh, you know, just like, let's kind of try this out. And, and frankly, I wanted to go home after a, a day. I was, I was homesick. I was a little soft. And, and thankfully, my wife was a bit more stubborn than me. It was like, all right, we're going to stick it out this year but then we're heading home mm. and it ended up, ended up being about a decade of, of being overseas wow. and an, an incredible experience. So um, I'm glad I just went with it. And, and, you know, what's that next step? What can I do next? And that was um, playing for not much money, but um, continuing that career and was able to progress from there. Crazy. That's awesome. And, and really encouraging to hear about the athletes in action tours as I'm the athletes in action director of tennis uh, restarting here. And, um, but where, where did you go on those international tours and, and can you share a, a lesson or a big takeaway from, from those tours? Wow. It was my first time abroad and, uh, I went to France and I went to Germany, uh, in, in consecutive summers. And I'd say the, you know, beyond one of my teammates, it's his little sister who's now my wife. Um, it paid off really well going on that, going on that trip. But, but one of the coolest things beyond that is there's a number of guys that I'm still very close with. Cool. Not just my brother-in-law, we're, we're good friends. There was no rift there <laughs> after I started dating his, his sister. Um, <laughs> but there's a handful of other guys that this was 2007, 2008. 
that I still, I was texting a couple guys this morning from those mm. tours. Uh, and for whatever reason, just uh, some, some real strong bonds were formed, played against some of those guys as uh, a professional overseas. And so I've just kept in touch, share a lot of experiences as, as Christians who were, were basketball players, who were professional players. Many of those guys played overseas. So um, that's been really, really cool just to reflect back on the relationships that were formed um, over the course of 10 days, two weeks, uh, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah, that's awesome. Really cool to hear. Um, yeah, just want to transition into some of the stuff that you're into now. Um, just, just first as a broadcaster, um, I'm just curious. Um, I've heard, heard like Ernie Johnson and, and Clark Kelly, like some of these guys and just some of their routines to like get ready and prepped um before you go and you know boom you're on air have to come up with something good to say but just curious what's uh what's the planning like why did you get into broadcasting and yeah just tell us a little more about that you might need to send me what those guys are doing because they are true professionals and i'm just i'm kind of learning uh it's been something I've, I've somewhat fallen into i was asked to to fill in on some the radio for some Illini basketball games, started doing some of that and was and just felt like oh I, this is a great way to stay connected to the game. Yeah. Uh, but you mentioned you asked about preparation and one of the things I enjoy most is that preparation aspect. You know, as an athlete, you're always preparing for these performances, and and you don't just step out there and play. There's so much that goes into it. So it's not quite the same as as competing, but you know, I got to be ready. I got to know the names of these guys. I can't mispronounce a name. I need to um, understand how the seasons are going. I need to understand who's been hot, what's been working well, what hasn't been working well. So if I'm going into a game, for sure, I'm watching previous games of those teams and, and getting a feel for how they play, what happened in, in the most recent games. If, if I'm just going into the studio and, and we got a halftime show, I'm, I'm, I have a pulse on what's happening in the league, the, the, the Big Ten Conference, but I can just kind of show up, watch the watch the game in the first half and, and, and give a, a, a quick take on that. So depending on the situation, there, there's more or less uh, preparation that goes into it. But uh, that's just a fun thing that as a former athlete, you're used to preparing and it kind of gives you a little bit of that taste of, OK, I got to be ready to go because the lights are going to be on. I got to have some energy. I got to know what I'm talking about. Um, I got to be able to pronounce their names right and, uh, something I've just enjoyed doing. Hopefully I can continue to grow as a communicator. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Is there, is there anything that you are doing? I'm just thinking about your, your, your role, um, in Champaign, just in building relationships, um, for your company and, um, and the broadcast, but just anything that you're doing on purpose, like I'm really trying to improve in these areas to be a better communicator or uh, growing my leadership. Maybe I should be a bit more thought through and, and plan with this, but uh, I look at, especially whether, whether it's broadcasting or doing some speaking, it's, it's, Hey, here's um, this door's been open and I'm not looking to become the next Jay Billis or anything. Mm -hmm. um, I just have a different maybe vision for my life, but sure. I want to, I want to step through this door and I want to use this to just grow plainly as a communicator but also, hey, there's a stage here, and how can I use that for good? How can I leverage that for maybe it's opportunities to um, share the gospel in some ways. Maybe it's opportunities to, um, you know, build new relationships. And, and I really look at that as, as, yes, it's a way to stay connected to basketball, but here's something that I um, feel like God has opened for me that I want to take advantage of um, and use it for some good. Yeah, that's awesome. Really cool. 
Thanks for sharing. And I, I, one thing I do pick up, just you talk about like vision for your life, um, just from following you on social media and, and uh, hearing you, you speak is just family is something that's really important to you being a good husband, being a present dad and um, loved uh, the little blue truck from that video that you guys had posted on the, on the website. Just uh, we read that a million times with our kids as well. Um, but just what is, what is it like for you? Like, as you're trying to be, uh, be a connected father, um, what are, what are some of the things that you're doing to invest in your kids, even though they're, they're pretty, pretty young right now? Yeah, Chad, you know, I had a good dad. Um, but I also realized, man, I feel so ill-equipped to be a father Mm. in many ways. And, and I have twins that are six just turned six. I have a, another that's going to be about four. And then we have another on the way this, this month. So I have four sons and I, I, I can feel ill-equipped and, and, and unqualified, but, um, yeah, no, we do have a good father that is, um, that his grace is sufficient. And, and so I, one, I say just prayer and leaning into him. Uh, but I'd say two things that as I'm learning to be a better dad and, and husband, um, and is two things are to be intentional and to integrate. Okay. Um, I think the, the thing that can be easy for men sometimes to be passive, especially Mm. at home and at work, you know, you look at coaches, the best coaches have, they have a vision and they're disciplined, they're prepared. They, you know, they speak life into their, they, they know the buttons to push and, and they have, they put so much thought and foresight into what they're doing with their team. Same thing in the business world. The best leaders do these things. But how are you at home? Like, I, I want to have a real vision for my family. I want to, 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 to know my kids at, you know, an emotional level. And so to really be intentional is something that, that, that sometimes goes against my nature, where I want to sit back and, and just be a fun dad. And that's great, too. You know, we do that. We play and we wrestle and we do all those things. But how can I be intentional how I'm um, bringing them up and discipling them. And, and sometimes I feel like I have more questions than answers, but um, it's something that I hopefully am growing in um, because it's something I really, really enjoy. And then the other thing would be to integrate. Mm-hmm. I think in, in our culture, uh, we kind of just outsource everything and, and we look at, we don't look at family as a team. And so just that, that thought of integrating uh, my, my family and my kids as much as possible, whatever I'm doing, and that can be difficult, but wanting to bring them in, wanting them to understand what I do for work, wanting them to, um, you know, or, or, or being involved in their education, being involved in their spiritual development. If I'm running an errand, something as simple as that, let me bring them with or bring one of them with. And those are great times to talk through things, to learn. Uh, we were staining our deck and, you know, it's messy and it's, it's, and they're not necessarily helpful, but bringing them into that, it's, it's such a great time to, um, just be with them and teach them. And so being intentional and integrating my family, um, really is, is what I'm trying to do as, as, as a dad. That's awesome. That's awesome. We just had the same experience a month or so ago where um, we're staying in our deck and my my four-year-old son has, has the mask on and he's grabbing a sander trying to help out. So um, yeah, it's, that's really special. Well, I didn't even guys. put my kids in a mask. So <laughs> we're just getting after it. So, um, but yeah, I think just trying to integrate them that's in what cool. I'm doing um, is so important. That's cool. And, and I think a lot of, we have a lot of coaches listening in and just that like life 
uh, work family balance is is a struggle. But and and with a fourth kid on the way, do you have any rules or disciplines um, just to keep building your marriage? Anything that you and Teresa have been able to do to uh, find that time in the midst of you know three three wild wild boys? I'm sure. Um, we we would love a Caribbean vacation, but I don't know if that's happening anytime too <laughs> soon. Um, we try to. You know, and sometimes even a date night can be hard, but we try to mm -hmm. find times within the day. Is there a time after we put the kids down that we can just connect um, consistently? Maybe it's not every night, but maybe it's five or six nights a week mm -hmm. that we can connect, um, you know, just just her and I, um, I, I think is incredibly important. Um, and I'm sorry, what else did you ask there? Yeah, just any rules that you have to, you know, like set work aside and just trying to be present so that you can connect uh, with your wife. Yeah. Like I said, once the kids go down, putting our phones away when possible. And I would say mm -hmm. a rule, when I think of rules, mm -hmm. I'm always like, how can I bring my kids? Yeah. There's stuff going on. So much stuff is like, we don't want kids. Not If if my kids can come, if family can come, all right, I'm going to be there, mm -hmm. you know, much more likely than if, if it's just me. Um, oftentimes that's a no, unless it's something that's just really important for me to be at from a work or whatever standpoint, um, kind of more of a rule is if the family can join, um, mm -hmm. I'm in. That's, that's awesome. That's so cool. Um, yeah. Well, last, uh, last question, just, um, you can hear your faith is so important to you and, uh, and yeah, whether you're, you're commentating or being a present father, just curious, what, what is, um, what are some disciplines that you have in your life so that you can, you know, stay full so that you can pour out, um, through the community and, and throughout your household? Disciplines, um, you know, would, would be I, one, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, not just the priorities of faith is number one. Okay. Like I want faith to be kind of at the hub of everything. So mm -hmm. it's not like, okay, well, I can check this off. Now I hope that that's influencing how I am at the dinner table at, you know, in, in a business meeting on the basketball court. So I start my days in prayer and in the Bible, um, but I'm really working on, can that just continue to not just, okay, I checked those off now and we went to sun, you know, church on Sunday, but like that can be a part of every day or, or, or throughout the day is really important. And then for me beyond that too, is um, I think of just the spirit, the mind, the body, and, and, and hopefully the spirit is, 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 is through it all. But it's just, it's for me, I just, when I'm working out, um, I got to get a sweat or something in that, that really helps me from a discipline standpoint, from how I feel, yeah. um, you know, I want to be a good steward of, of, of my body and, and then the mind too. And a lot, and some of this is, is more maybe on the theological side, but just if, when I'm reading and in, and, and feel like I'm, I'm trying to better myself in any way possible, um, just seems to springboard me to, uh, to be a better dad, to be, um, a better coach to be a better, um, leader in whatever I'm doing. That's really good, man. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that and, and just sharing your heart and more about your story is, uh, is good to get to know you better here, but just as we're, we're moving forward, is there anything that we can be praying with you guys about? You know, top of the list right now, we got, a uh, his baby going to be, it's, he's going to be here this, this month It's October. And, uh, so just, of course, the health of the baby and, and my wife and, uh, then I think uh, for the rest of us, three boys and myself, just uh, welcoming a new a new little human into our family. I think there's a lot there that we're excited about. There'll be challenges, but 
um, yeah, we're praying about uh, the health and just uh, everything as we as we, we become a family of six. Man, one more. You got a, a basketball starting lineup, man. That's, that's we're going to hit but... the transfer portal for that one, I think, <laughs> if, if that happens. Good stuff. Well, let's uh, let's just pray and we'll close it out. Lord, we uh, we just thank you. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, God. You are a loving father. And uh, thanks so much just for the work that you've done in and through Trent. Um, God, thank you so much for him just being a bright light there in, in Champaign-Urbana uh, for many years now, God. Um, just pray for this pregnancy, pray for this baby, and uh, that your hand would just be upon it all. And uh, pray, Lord, that you just help Trent and, and Teresa just raise up uh, these boys to just be world changers. Uh, pray that they know you and just follow you all the days of their life. That's all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow, what a great conversation. Enjoyed learning more about Trent and who he is. Great interview. Appreciate him taking the time to spend uh, those minutes with us. I love, Chad, how towards the middle, towards the end of the podcast, he starts sharing about, you know, being a dad, being a husband, and there's two components of, you know, being intentional and then integrating. And I just love how he shared, um, you know, just that those concepts of being a dad. And congratulations to him and his wife, the birth of their fourth child, four boys so we'll be praying for them let's go let's go they're they're a man down uh they need they need to get the get the fifth so they have the full basketball squad but um yeah no i i love this one man uh a few weeks after trent and i recorded uh my family we were traveling somewhere we're in a hotel and turned on an illinois game and halftime turns on and trent shows up uh at the halftime show and so my eight-year-old boy um was watching with me i was like i was like son like that guy, he, 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 he loves Jesus. I just had him on the Christian coach podcast. And so it was fun to kind of listen. And, uh, Trent's just so good. Uh, I know he kind of downplayed being as good as, uh, Jay Billis and, and others prime time, but, uh, Trent, Trent's got a gift and excited to see him pro- progress in his career. Um, but super thankful. Um, we, uh, end every episode in the same way. And we're, we're just thankful for, for the coaches tuning in here and, and growing with us as we get to learn from leaders. Uh, like Trent, but we end every episode the same way, just as a reminder that, um, you know, a lot of coaches struggle with the grass being greener on the other side and uh, what else might be out there. Um, So just, we always say the mission field is right where you're at.